Round Guy wants to thank the following football sponsors this year that we've got. Kyoto Transmission and Repair, Iowa Tire of Fairfield, Iowa, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa, Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine, Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent of Kyoto, Iowa, Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Iowa, Hinshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, B&B Propane, uh, Richardson's Tech Solutions, Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of Kyoto, Iowa, and the Packwood Locker seem to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. We are headed to Wilton, Iowa, as the Wilton Beavers are sponsored by Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine. We have Mike Hassel uh, to tell us about this game. Welcome to the program, Mike. Thank you, Dave. Good, good to be here. Well, uh, you come off a pretty hard-fought win last week. Um, there's just no question about it. Uh, um, and you, uh, who, who, who do the Beavers take on tomorrow night? Uh, this week we have our home opener against West Liberty. Okay. Uh, well, uh, uh, so you're, you're the home game, huh? Yep, 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 here in Wilton. Is there a JV game before it or anything? Or? Yep, JV starts at 5, the varsity starts at 5, 7.30. Okay. Well, uh, is, was there any uh, anybody sore, beat up, or anything from the last game? Oh, I think there was a few kids with some bruises and 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 some possible concussions. I haven't heard much about uh, the concussion side of it, but I'm sure the kids are all healed up by now and ready to go tomorrow night. Yeah, everybody feels sore after the game. It just feels oh, yeah. bad after a win. <laughs> no, uh-uh. that helps, especially a shutout. Well, uh, um. Uh, if I remember right, uh, uh, West Liberty kind of uh, uh, took it on the chin the game one, didn't they? Yeah, I think they lost to Regina like forty six to six or something or other. Uh, but they're another two A team, like like uh, Mid Prairie is. So, I mean, we can't go into the game thinking they're not, they're some slouch. No, no, no. Uh, um, so. Uh, Regina might really be good, but uh, uh, I don't really know anything about them other than just that score. Do you know anything at all about West? I I know less than you do about them, to okay. be honest. Well, the game we have Wilton hasn't played uh, West Liberty since uh, these boys were all in junior high, so I couldn't tell you a thing about them. Okay. Well, uh, uh, what do you think Wilton will have to do to be successful in this game? Well, I think they'll have to have a pretty good even even game of running the ball, throwing the ball. And, you know, I think there's no question that the defense will be there to possibly pitch another shutout. It's hard to tell, but, uh, man, I'll tell you what, those defensive boys, they sure were getting with it Friday, and I don't think they're going to slow down a bit. Well, I think everybody kind of expected Wilton to have uh, a potent offense or at least an offense that could move the ball. Uh, But I don't know that everybody uh, was expecting them to come out and pitch a shutout and uh, 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 play the kind of defense that they did. Uh, what was the key uh, uh, to the defense uh, um, pitching that shutout last week, and why did they play so well? Speed and athleticism. Uh, I tell you, after I watched that scrimmage uh, the Friday before against Beacon, I, I and why after watching film in Mid Prairie, I really, really did think that they were going to pitch a shutout against Mid Prairie. Uh, I actually thought their offense was going to put up some more points, but you know, a couple, couple circumstances prevented that. But uh, man, I'll tell you, these these guys are fast and they're athletic, man. And you know, you just can't teach speed. So, you know, if they know, as long as they know the game, I mean, the sky's the limit for them. Well, expectations seem to be pretty high uh, uh, for the team. Did they get any votes for the top ten this week? Or uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I know they moved up. I'm not. I know I don't have any idea about the top ten. I hadn't seen any any lists or anything this week. Well, they sure had an impressive win week one. Looking to looking to get the the home crowd going. Uh, um, I, I, I imagine you're expecting a pretty packed house for this. Oh yeah, it'll be packed. You'll have to get your chairs out probably early tomorrow afternoon if you want to get a spot to seat sit. So, well, you can go to the game if you want, but you might be catching that beaver fever if you do. Uh, uh, it's a pretty intense uh, uh, fever. And I, I've got yep, it myself. Yep. Was well, there anything else about this game we need to talk about before I let you go? No, nope, just hope everybody comes out, you know, healthy and, and looking forward to the next week. So it's a home game. 
There's a curtain raiser starts at five, and then uh, uh, the other game will be, the the main event will be at seven, right? Seven thirty, yeah. Varsity seven thirty. Seven thirty. All right. Well, thanks for being with us, Mike. Yep. Well, we're talking Burlington Greyhounds, who were sponsored by Flint Cliffs Manufacturing there in Burlington, Iowa. Uh, we got the coach, and we got Scott Mason. Welcome to the program, guys. You you got a sponsor just for us? Well, I do. That's awesome. Yeah. John, we're sponsored. We're big time now. Well, it's, 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 uh... it's time for us to move on and demand more money. <laughs> I'm going to double what I'm already been paying you. Just got, contract negotiations just got more interesting. Well, uh, um, you guys did about everything you could uh, uh, in that first game. The stats were great. The missile was rolling. Uh, Hard-fought battle uh, uh, came up a little short, but uh, I'm sure you guys are getting ready to turn that around this week, although uh, I believe you're heading to Washington, aren't you? We are heading to the case. There's no doubt about it. That's a tough place to play, that case field. Uh, um, many a team have many bad memories over there. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it's going to be a game, I think, that's really similar to last week, which is you're going to have two teams that look very similar on opposite sidelines who probably perform very similarly, and it's going to come down, unfortunately, to uh, whoever makes that mistake uh, the latest, probably, and who's able to capitalize on said mistake, just kind of like last week when, you know, Burlington takes the lead midway through the fourth quarter and then... Uh, unfortunately, is forced to punt on uh, one position later, and snap goes overhead, gives Fort Madison a short field and very little time to respond. So, um, you know, and I talked to Coach Kreckel moments ago, and one of the things we talked about was that you hope that the old adage rings true that in football your greatest improvement happens from week one to week two. So that being the case, yeah, I mean, if you're a Burlington fan, you still feel pretty good about where the season can go. It just Week two is pretty early to say it, but this is almost a must-win if you're thinking playoffs in Burlington, given who's in your district. Well, uh, a non-conference uh, win or loss doesn't mean a whole lot at the end of the season, but uh, 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 Coach Flaherty, I got a question for you about this game in particular, okay? You got a team that's got a running back like Shizzle, likes to run the ball, good at running the ball, but you're going uh, – that's kind of the Burlington strength. But uh, it seems like to me Washington's strength is kind of defense and kind of run defense. So how how is what do you how do you prepare? You know, I mean, it, it's it's you got a game plan and everything, but you got a defense that's just maybe a little better than most defenses. Uh, uh, what do you got to do to try to to work that out? I mean, last last week they played Oskaloosa in the first half. Uh, the defense really held up pretty strong, but kind of uh, over the course of the game, it kind of started to, to, to get some yards and get some points on the board. But uh, uh, how do you do? How do you prepare for that when you've got the good running game? You want to run, and they want to stop the run. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, round guy. I think that this game really plays into the hands of the Greyhounds. You're right. After watching film, it, the the demons started out fairly strong on off on defense against Oskaloosa, but it was really, as we've talked about at the beginning of the show that it's it's mistakes and as we watch film of Oskaloosa and Washington a ton of mistakes by both teams early on and it was Oskaloosa that was able to kind of right the ship uh, and get things going and you're you're right Washington stout on defense they really do a great job of tackling but I really think where it plays into Burlington's hands is at the tackle off tackle position I think we're a little bit better at that tackle tight end area than their end strength is. So uh, I don't think we really need to do anything much different. It would be very nice to see that passing game that they broke out last week, kind of get under control, make some connections to help out Caden and the rest of the running back crew. Well, Scott, uh, uh, I got a big question for you here. Uh, I, I couldn't find the game. Just uh, find the game. You I was looking, on the man. YouTube. You have two YouTube channels. I was checking them both out, and uh, uh, I didn't see it. Uh, um, I don't. I mean, I, I was desperately looking for it, and I, I never. I I had the Fort Madison link, but they had the audio, and then you guys have some kind of awesome scoreboard that replays the game, so I was able to keep up with the game. 
but uh, I wasn't able to hear you guys, and it was real disappointing. Huh. Well, sorry to hear that. You know, at, at home games, a lot of times through the uh, BCSD, uh, Burlington Community School District Facebook page, you'll see the link. Um, so next week when we're home again against Keokuk, make sure you check out the link on the Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, some, some of your, your, your nicer uh, fans sent me a couple – Couple of them sent me some links and things to get there because I I gotta get there. I can't I can't be missing out on that. There's there's only uh, so many games and every one I miss, I just I never can get that back. Yeah, well, if you I mean if you want to go and, and watch it in in historical terms, it's out there right now. I think you can find it somewhere now. I will tell you, I did not find it earlier this week because I was looking for some uh, stats and things like that. But uh, typically, it's on in pretty short order. Hey, Ranga, I do want to push back, though, on one comment you made about, you know, non-district games don't matter. Remember, in Class 4A, there are four dis- there are six districts. Excuse me. So the top two teams from each district get in, and then there are four wild cards. So the four wild cards, those are based on performance, based upon your record, your opponent's record, and your opponent's opponent's record. So losing non-conference games hurt. Um, and so losing one last week, and, and like Coach Kreckle said in his interview that will air tomorrow night, they're still inhaling. When you try to win, you want to win that first game as early in the season as you can because you want to exhale and say, okay, we can get this done. And right now, both these teams tomorrow night are looking at it as we don't know how to win yet in 2023. So um, I hate to push back on you, but these non-conference games are very important. And when I talk about our district, you're talking about the co-number one team in North Scott and the number three team in Class 4A in Cedar Rapids, Xavier who are in our district. So in order to finish first or second in the district, you got to upset one, if not both of those teams and win your other three games. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a tall task to compete for anything other than three through six in this district. So these non-conference games become all that much more important. Well, point well taken on, on that. Uh, well, Hey coach, uh, uh, like you say, as you're watching the film, you're watching Oskaloosa make some mistakes. You're watching uh, Washington make mistakes. Was there any uh, uh, things Burlington needs to tighten up? Uh, you know, first game jitters, maybe some penalties, uh, uh, stuff like that. Is there uh, is there any timing issues or anything that you think needs to tighten up a little bit? Yeah, after kind of going through some video, I, you know, to me it comes down to three things, and we talked about this in the preseason show. Number one, special teams. Three penalties specifically related to the punt game where guys aren't lined up the snap we talked about at the beginning of the show so that is number one you've got to shore that up missed extra point which also put them behind the eight ball early too yeah i saw a lot of a lot of across the board extra points a lot of timing issues with the snap you know a lot of high snaps a lot of um maybe not great grips on the ball uh uh typical first game stuff uh uh how how um teams really seem to start tightening that up in the second game don't they yeah they'll do that you know and especially when you're going from under center into that uh shotgun pistol look uh to kind of finish up your question the second thing the greyhounds need to do they just got to be better tackling uh they had too many and and it's kind of unfair for me to say it that way because Fort Madison has some pretty stout running backs. Segoviano is a is a load. Smith is a load. Uh, the quarterback ended up being, you know, a really good player for them. Has made some great gains in the offseason. So, you know, they really put themselves in the driver's seat for the district. The last thing for the Greyhounds to tighten up on is the passing game. Everything is just about there. They just things have just got to fall into place. And this is what Scott and I have talked about for years. It is that week of practice in between the first game and the game that we're coming up to this week. Well, uh, what's the weather going to be like at this game? And, Scott, what what kind of effect did that humidity have on that last one? Well, it's, you know, I think it's not going to be as hot as last week. I think it's going to be somewhere around 81, 82 kickoff, if you believe your weather app on my phone. Um the, the, the problem with, and I love Bracewell Stadium. I've said it before, Bracewell Stadium is by far the best stadium I've been to as a fan or a broadcaster. But the problem is when you're tucked in in a bowl and you're surrounded by 
trees and vegetation on three sides and then a, a brick building on another, there's absolutely no air movement. So any breeze that is hitting Burlington sure as heck ain't in, hitting Bracewell Stadium because you're tucked down in it. So, you know, tomorrow night, I think that's something to watch. If there is some wind, if there's a breeze at the very least, that's one way to stay cool, stay ahead of the game. Uh, Coach Krakow said that these guys last week, and I'm sure this week, have been hydrating, you know, say, packing up some pickle juice for tomorrow night, uh, things like that. So uh, I think the heat will, will be a factor. But, again, that's another thing you see from week one to week two, which is one week of game shape. And then knowing what game speed is and practicing at that game speed for a week after, I think you see guys a little bit better prepared and you see cramping not become such the issue it was in week one. Because, I mean, uh, it could have been a lot worse, but there were probably half a dozen kids on both teams that they cramped up at some point in time. The officials do a great job stopping the game at various points for hydration breaks, but uh, uh, I wouldn't expect it to be as much of an issue as last week. Um, but you never know. You know, it's uh, it's going to be two teams. You know, a lot of intensity, a lot of emotion, a lot of physical investment. So it may be that way, if only because both both teams are going at it so hard. Well, coach, uh, uh, you was watching the film on that Washington Oskaloosa game, and. Uh, um... Uh, I, it looked like Oskaloosa's roster was a little bigger and they were doing a little more substituting. Uh, and it looked like uh, um, the heat and stuff kind of wore down on on some of the two-way playing and, and some of the the Washington players. Uh, did you did you see that too? Yeah, you're right on the, the button on that, Ron Guy. Uh, they, they will dress 30 players for a varsity game, and I'm going to tell you this is a very young, young team. I mean, we're only talking about 8 to 10 juniors and seniors on this varsity team for Washington, so that's another check mark in the Greyhounds' favor, and yeah, they did get wore down through the night because they didn't have guys to rotate in and out. Now, it is so typical, I think, in the southeast Iowa area, where we don't have the guys up front to rotate. We seem to have enough skill guys, but those super skill guys, you know, they've got to stay in and get their reps. So, again, I think we're in a really good position uh, with our group of guys and the way that our coaches do a wonderful job of rotating players in, especially up front, especially early on in the ballgame. So, uh, uh, they do have a lot of underclassmen, uh, uh, and they got this sophomore uh, – Named Rudy Wolf, a big number seventy-seven. He was really impressive in the uh, uh, in the scrimmage. Uh, did you see any film on him? Yeah, he's a, he's a beast, six six, uh, three hundred and twenty pounds, and uh, he brings all of it. He does a great job. He's uh, he's a guy who plays either in the gap between the center and the guard, or the guard and tackle, depending on what they want to do. And he is what we call a vertical tackle. He is going to get upfield as fast as he can to cause disruption at the mesh point when we're talking about this option. So it's going to be a tremendous task for Wyatt Messer, uh, Mason McAllister, and, and Caden Huff to be able to negate that vertical attack. If we can do that, that gives us a great opportunity in our option game. But he is, he is legit i mean in terms of looking at all the kids that we've looked at in the last two weeks on video this kid's a player well scott let me, uh, I'll do, i know we don't have a lot of time so i'll kind of wrap this up with one more question uh uh this case field atmosphere this washington demons crowd uh uh it's about as good a uh a, a, a 13th man or, or, or 11th man or whatever 12th man you, you could ever ask for uh um what Tell me just a little bit about, you know, traveling to a place like that and and uh, that atmosphere you got to play in a case. Well, I, I, I'm i not going to pinpoint necessarily case field. I'm just going to say a new season brings new challenges with new players in terms of how are they going to respond 
to going away. It, 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 some coaches will tell you it's almost better to open on the road because people don't feel that pressure. Now you've got the inverse of that, which is you're going on the road, you're 0-1, going to their home opener, they're 0-1. How are we going to respond as a team? We know we can run the football. We know that we've got the horses to do this and that, but you got to overcome that home field advantage. I don't know. You know, it's interesting you ask that question. I don't know that there's a huge home field advantage in high school sports, to be honest, in football, because they're just, you know, I thought last week, for example, Fort Madison's crowd, we had a great crowd on our side, but I thought Fort Madison's crowd and student section was just as loud from my perspective. So I don't know what kind of home field advantage is because it's open air and things are so spread out. But uh, I think the challenge lies in the fact that for the first time this year, this group of greyhounds is getting out of class early. Well, they're not. It's an early out. But they're hitting the road. They're going someplace that's foreign to them. That routine's got to sink in. It hasn't been established yet. How do they respond to that? It's not going to the locker room and walking down the hill at Bracewell. Now it's going on the road, relaxing for a bit, watching the JV play, and then going in and getting mentally prepared. That's the advantage home teams have in high school football, which is your routine's established. Your routine is the same basically as what it is for practice. It's just instead of practice, you're playing someone else. Well, the Washington Demons are sponsored by Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, and the Kyoto uh, Transmission and Repair. Hey, guys, it was great talking to you as always. Uh, I, you got me fired up for Friday night. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Ron Guy. Appreciate it, Ron Guy. We'll talk next week. Well, we are heading over to Pekin uh, as uh, to talk to Southeast Iowa Union's Andy Kressinger. Uh, uh, he's heading to a volleyball game. He's going to give us a little update. But I want to mention some sponsors for uh, the Pekin Panthers. And uh, that would be, let's see, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa. Uh, Henshaw uh, Richardson's Tech Support. Uh, the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa. Uh, Iowa Tire, uh, Vision Ag, and Farmers Co-op uh, all sponsor the Pekin Panthers. Just uh, appreciate uh, uh, you calling us from over there. Well, uh, Andy, uh, what game are you going to be at? Uh, tomorrow night, I will actually be at um, New London versus Winfield Mount Union, um, which uh, um, New uh, Winfield has not beaten New London in, since my very first year covering sports in Henry County. Uh, and obviously, this is their best chance. Uh, uh, Winfield's, you know, ranked number uh, two. They're at the top of their game. Um, New London, you know, were able to score some points last uh, last week on a pretty darn good team. But uh, yeah, it could be. We'll see if New London's home field advantage can can flip some of that. There's there was definitely a feel last year that Winfield could beat New London, and New London ended up winning. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be there. It'll be my first look at. Uh, at uh, the WMU uh, Division One guys this year, see how much they've, they've grown as far as athleticism and stuff like that. Um, but uh, obviously, Winfield's a pretty heavy favorite in that, which kind of feels weird to say because they haven't beaten New London in uh, seven or eight years. But um, one week later, Hunter and I will be uh, at the Winfield-Waco game, and that'll be the exact same situation. Uh, not the exact same because it'll be a coin toss, but it'll be a situation where Winfield's looking for their first win in the series. Uh, for quite some time. So, yeah, Winfield hasn't beaten the Henry County team, uh, um, Waco or New London, in, in, in quite a while. And I think that this is definitely a two-week stretch where we could be looking at it. Uh, they could go 2-0 and this week, this uh, couple weeks. Well, could you go a little bit of the highlights of, of the game that they played last week when I'm talking Winfield, Mount Union? Now, they played a, a ranked opponent, uh, a, a Central City, I believe. Uh, yeah, they, they played uh, and, and it was a shootout and, and everything you could want, but – uh, a kind of a statement uh, from Winfield Mount Union right off the bat, huh? Yeah, for sure it's a statement, especially because even though they were pretty hyped going into this year, they were only 6-4 and four last year, so even though they got everybody back, it's not like they were a deep playoff team last year. Um, so this was a big win that kind of showed that they can beat, you know, they can be in the top five, that they, they actually are, a, you know, uh, a really good team. Um, Cam Buffington had five touchdowns. Uh, that was a big part of the highlights. They've clearly um, found a lot of ways to, to get the ball to them. I thought the thing that was a little different was that um, was that I thought 
going through the highlights that there were more long passes that turned into touchdown for Cam, for uh, for Cam Buffington. Usually it's uh, usually it's get the ball in his hands as fast as possible so he can run everybody over. Uh, Jake Edwards uh, seemed to have played a really good game at quarterback. Uh, that is a switch um, for you know Cole Milks was their quarterback last year, um, and uh, and he's a, a running back uh, this year or, or you know uh, he, he's a playmaker on the. Uh, um, on the outside, not at the quarterback position, so that's a little different. Uh, but they look pretty darn good, honestly. Uh, I, I watched the highlights of Winfield, which are obviously the only put the positive stuff up. Uh, uh, but that was a huge uh, win for them. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, um, so you mentioned they were ranked. Uh, do we have any other teams that are ranked? Uh, is Waco ranked too? Yes, Waco, and I'm going by the Gazette. Um, I'm going by the Gazette rankings because they're the ones that I actually um, vote in. Uh, but Waco is ranked number five. So uh, and not only is Waco ranked number five, but they will play three ranked teams most likely to start the season because Waco, ju- they, they started at number 10. They beat Remont Mills, which was number seven. They jumped up to number five. They're playing Iowa Valley this week, which is number 10. And then, uh, ass- you know, assuming Winfield wins or if, if Winfield wins, then you could have. Then they would play. Whether or not whether or not Waco wins this week, they'll be playing another ranked team in the Wolves next uh, week. So as it stands now, uh, Waco would be starting this season with three top ten opponents, which is not something you almost ever see. Um, and if they both win, if Waco and Winfield can both win, then it's uh, it's going to be a pretty uh, pretty huge game, one of the biggest games in all of Iowa. Well, uh, so that's did- what New London and uh, Iowa Valley are trying to ruin uh, this Friday. Did you know, did Minneapolis get in the top 10 after that big win last week? Oh, yes, yes. There aren't any other uh, unionary teams, but Minneapolis, who we don't technically cover, but uh, is one of your teams, they are number six, I believe, in uh, class, uh, that'd be 2A. Yeah, I knew that I knew that was a big win, and it was going to propel them forward, and, and I'd like to congratulate them. What about Fort Madison? They uh, uh, were receiving votes, and then they got a big win against Burlington. I, I didn't know if that would push them over the top. They were like number 11 last week. Well, they never, they, I, I don't remember um, if they were number 11 in our poll. They're not ranked yet in our poll, in the Gazette poll. Um, they might be ranked in maybe the AP or the um, or the Radio Iowa poll because because uh, Burlington was getting a few votes too. So that was a uh, receiving votes team beating a receiving votes team. Uh, Fort Madison welcomes in uh, Fairfield this uh, week. It's kind of funny, Fort Madison beat Burlington, but if you look at the stats, I think they have like 165 yards of total offense or something like that. And they'll be going against a team in Fairfield that was pretty one-dimensional on the win over Mount Pleasant and that they ran the ball all the time. So you wonder if uh, if something's going to change there for one of those teams or if it's going to be a defensive uh, struggle. Yeah, well, uh, Fairfield looked like a powerhouse, though. They looked like they had the big play yeah. capacity. They put yeah. they put a lot of points on the board, and, and uh, that's the round guy game of the week. We're going to get a little more detail on that game from Scotty Melvin, I hope. But uh, – this was a, a, a pretty dang uh, a good uh, – uh, uh, this is a really good game. Scotty Melvin says uh, the winner of that game is going in his power six. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Well, you know, if, if if one of these two – whatever team wins, it's going to be a big win, don't you think? Yeah, whatever team wins. Uh, I don't remember the last time Fort Master was 2-0. Maybe they did it last year. If uh, Fairfield wins that, that's their first 2-0 start since 2016. Uh, which also might have been the year that Winfield last beat uh, New London, so we could see a couple of uh, of long kind of streaks come to an end. And speaking of that, uh, one last thing on Fairfield and Fort Madison. You know, Fort Madison has won the last four uh, meetings between the two, and before that, Fairfield had won like twenty something and or you know thirty something in a row or something. It was a crazy win streak for Fairfield over Fort Madison. Uh, the Bloodhounds actually beat Fairfield on their homecoming uh, a few years back which started this winning streak. Well, Coach Doherty's had that team uh, uh, playing high-caliber football for quite a while. So. Yeah. Uh, well, l- let's let's backtrack a little bit because before I got you here, uh, this Waco-Iowa Valley game has my attention. Uh, uh, we, uh, Iowa Valley actually played a week zero game against uh, 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 BGM and got a win and then put a 40 spot up on or 60 spot up on uh, – uh, Lone Tree. Oh. I think that was Easton Valley that put a 60 spot on uh, New London. No, I'm not talking about New London. I'm talking about Iowa Valley uh, uh, put a 60 spot on, on Lone Tree. We had a little phone connection oh, problem yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
uh, and I'm talking about the Iowa, uh, the Waco Iowa Valley game. Yeah. Which is now, uh, uh, Iowa Valley looks strong. They got a win against uh, BGM uh, uh, week zero, uh, and uh, uh, they put a 60 spot up on Lone Tree uh, last week. So, uh, 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 I, I'm feeling like the Iowa Valley Tigers are dangerous this week, and this is a big game, and it has my attention. What do you know about this game? Yeah, uh, well, it's, you know, uh, according to our rankings, it's a top 10 game. Iowa Valley is one of the few 2-0 and o teams, obviously, playing that Week 0 game. I think I would imagine that Iowa Valley's got a chip on their shoulder. You know, Waco's kind of been the big dog the last couple of years in the area, which is uh, uh, which is kind of uh, what Iowa Valley was right before that. So these two teams have played um, a few times. And I don't know, because Winfield, or because Waco didn't seem to miss a beat, uh, you know, uh with their, their running game, the passing game, uh, the defense, it seemed to all be kind of uh, wow. slow for them last week. And they got another – they got a big win against a, a, a ranked team too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Free, they beat Fremont Mills. Um, that wasn't a road game. It was a uh, – Technically a home game in Des Moines. This is the first home game since going to the Dome, the Dome last year. So, I mean, Waco's got a ton of talent. So, I, uh, I, I, would, I would think they might be a slight favorite. Um, but uh, it's going to be one of their toughest games of the year, that's for sure. Well, uh, they'll have a lot of offense to handle. Uh, yeah. Uh, they'll have to score a lot, and they'll have to uh, 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 do something to try to put that that down there. But, uh, well, what other game? Uh, oh, here's another game that's a big game. Uh, I, I'm calling this a marquee matchup, and that's uh, uh, the where the school you're at right now, Pekin, is traveling down uh, to Van Buren County. Van Buren uh, Warriors, uh, I want to mention, are sponsored by the uh, 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 by Flint Cliffs Manufacturing. Uh, Waco sponsored by Eichelberger Farms. So uh, I want to keep kind of pumping them in there. But uh, as we're moving around, talking about different teams, uh, but this is a big game. Uh, uh, Pekin has a uh, uh, a good chance to go two and zero here if they can play well like they did uh, opening night. Yeah, they do well, and you know, Van Buren County is one of our teams that had kind of returned the a lesser amount, um, and they struggled last uh, week against Central Lee. So yeah, I would say this would be a huge opportunity for Pekin to start two and zero. That would be a, a major uh, uh, feather kind of in, in Pekin's cap after winning a game against another local team, uh, Cardinal, last year. And that's two, you know, two close quarter rivalry type teams that they could be. Uh, they could have wins over. That's not a bad way to start when you when you don't get in the same district as some of your, you know, your more familiar teams. You want to knock them off in the non-district. Well, uh, they haven't beat them yet, and uh, 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 they got this kid Boba Fett down there. Uh, yeah. That he's got skill. I'm sure he can run the ball or or, or something. Uh, I can't remember the kid that's a quarterback, but he's a good player. They got some skilled players down there. Uh, uh, what about this Van Buren team? That uh, uh, I know they got low numbers, uh, and that don't help when it's hot and, and stuff like that. Yeah, well, and another thing is, um, is being new. The, the yeah, you said Lucas Fett and those guys that were seniors during baseball, they probably forgot how to lose, uh, and then they had to, to to lose that game last week. I'm sure, I'm sure that'll give them a little more of a chip on their shoulder, uh, you know, than than average. So. Uh, and you know it's week two in high school football is uh, is a crapshoot still because even though teams have played one game, you don't know how good the team that they just beat or they just lost to is either. So uh, you never really know what's going to happen um, in these really really early games, especially with all the new players that both teams will will have. And a lot of those teams that uh, had areas that weren't uh, uh, were weak week one, they'll fix those and they won't be weak areas uh, week two too. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. uh, what about, is there anything else in the area that uh, uh, who, uh, Mount Pleasant and uh, uh, Burlington Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say the other, the other games in the area, Mount Pleasant goes to uh, Notre Dame. Uh, that Caden Swinker uh, uh, had a great game uh, last week against Wapolo. Um, and speaking of Wapolo, I think Columbus plays Wapolo. Yeah, Columbus plays Wapolo this week. Um, Washington and Burlington could be a, a defensive slugfest. Uh, I think the key to that game is that's the one the Hunter will be at. Uh, well, he'll be awake for a while and then Washington. But I think the key to that game is uh, if Washington can slow down uh, the Burlington running game, 
and make them, you know, do something else uh, because of how, how uh, effectively Burlington ran the ball. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, man, I went through, we went through a lot of games. Try to think of what else I got. You cover SK. Yeah, Sigourney Kyoto um, um, is who are they playing? Who are they playing? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. There we go. Yeah, a second straight, um, a second straight uh, super tough game for them. Obviously, SK and Minneapolis played that crazy playoff game last year. Uh, so Minneapolis will probably be licking their chops. But um, you remember SK had a really uh, strong, uh, strong schedule at the beginning of last year, and they had a rough start. And then uh, by the end of the season, we were thinking they were going back to the dome. Uh, and then another one, uh, real quick, is Mid Prairie is playing up at uh, Iowa City Regina, um, or maybe they're at home. But either way, Mid Prairie is playing Regina, one of their big rivals. So uh, uh, we still have a couple rivalry games this week. All right. Do you know anything about the Mid Prairie team? Uh, uh, defensively, they must be real stout as they held yeah. the, uh, uh, the Wilton Beavers to, to 12 points. But uh, uh, I heard they drove the ball a lot, got it close, but had some misfortunes that kept them from pushing it in the end zone. Yeah, well, they showed, you know, they showed signs of, of a team where, the, you know, their workhorses last year, you know, for example, the last year they would just give it to Braden Harley if they were that close. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a learning experience, and uh, it's not easy to have a learn, you know, be still learning when you're playing against Regina. Uh, but I'm sure those guys will be fine. As you, defense comes first. If you can figure out the defense, uh, then you just need to figure out a way to, to manufacture a few points. So that, you know, I'm sure that'll be their goal this week is, is – figuring out how to put points on the board and finding something that actually works for them. All right. Well, uh, uh, I don't have anything else for you. You did a terrific job. Thanks for being with us. Is there anything else you wanted to say before I let you go or anything you want to plug? No, no, I'll plug, uh, you know, Southeast Iowa Union newspaper Monday through Friday. Uh, you can call um, call or stop in uh, to, uh, to get a subscription, especially right before, um, you know, the sports season. And heck, if you're only a football or basketball fan, if you get a six-month subscription, you got the entire football and basketball season. So, um, uh, and then Southeast Iowa Union Sports Talks Tuesday mornings. Now we we now do it at eleven o'clock. Um, so if you were um, wanting to, or if you're used to watching those at a later time, you can always watch them on uh, replay uh, at Southeast Iowa Sports Talk. That's on uh, Washington Lives uh, YouTube and Spotify and Facebook, and then Mount Pleasant Live and Fairfield Lives Facebooks. Uh, Tuesdays at about 11 a.m. We've been we've had to switch the time up a little bit, but it's always Tuesday mornings, and then you can always replay on uh, YouTube and uh, and our uh, Twitter at Union Sports page, where uh, we tweet out about games. About Southeast Iowa Union Sports Talk is tweeted out and pinned, so every single so whenever you look at it, you can just see what the, what the last uh, episode was. And uh, yeah, and the only thing else I'll say is I see Peak in High School coming up on my left here, so uh, time to watch some volleyball. All right, well, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. We are heading over uh, to talk to uh, Andy McGuire of the SK Cobras. Uh, welcome to the program, Andy. Hey, Dan. Great to be here. Well, uh, uh, you and I are getting ready uh, uh, to call our first JV game over there. And uh, we had a, I want to mention all these sponsors that help us do this. Uh, uh, Kyoto Transmission and Repair. The Packwood Locker, a Packwood, Iowa, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. Uh, we have uh, Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, Home Plate Sports Cards, Henshaw Trailer Sales, uh, uh, Richardson's Tech Solutions of Richland, Iowa, Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag, all sponsoring the SK Cobras this year, and it's going to be Get, provide us opportunity to give us great coverage. We're going to cover every single uh, uh, JV game we can this year. Uh, and uh, I'm thinking it's pretty good. The coverage was really good uh, the first night though, over in Waco and BGM. And uh, I have, I have to, I've got a, a nickname I'm going to break out for that first game. And it's Ethan bridge over troubled waters. Uh uh, he was definitely the star of the game over there, uh, but uh, really into the, the the JV football. It, it seems like a big part of what we're doing here. Are you excited about getting it to do some of it? Oh, 100%, Dave. You know I am. I love uh, I love football, whether it's at the varsity level, JV level. I did a little flag football coaching myself last night, so absolutely excited. Well, I saw a little video of that. Uh, um, you know, while we're, we're doing the JV stuff, we're kind of we're kind of getting younger. Uh, uh, 
but there's a whole development system there and it starts right there and it starts with coaches like you uh what what were are you able to to kind of convey some of the fundamentals and the fun of football absolutely yeah absolutely the fun is the big part of that deal you know getting getting young kids uh passionate about the game is is paramount you know but we do try to run through some basics some plays understanding positioning understanding where you need to be on the field and most importantly being aggressive you know that's what uh, this game's about well uh um hopefully we'll get into the uh, uh the press box and have a little room uh and a little little of it to ourselves uh i think uh do you know exactly what time this starts i think it's a little bit early yeah the curtain raiser starts at 4 45. okay the 4 45 uh start for the game what do you know about the jv team that uh um who do you think's on that team that might we might see uh make something happen uh, like I said the other night, you know, on the call-in, um, Ike Molnex is a freshman, and uh, he does great things. You know, he runs really hard. He's a man amongst boys, especially in that eighth grade year. He really did some damage to the opposing teams. So I keep my eyes on him. He'll probably get some varsity minutes. He got some varsity minutes against uh, PCM. So he's he's a really nice athlete. You know, uh, spin back, Jacob Leib does a really nice job. Um, he's more of a traditional spin back for Sigourney Kyoto's offense. Um, when you watch him play, a good hard runner, uh, loves contact, gets after it. Um, but don't sleep on, on on our other spin back, too, that gets in the game. Braden Wood from time to time. I consider him more of a classic, you know, pocket-style quarterback, you know, maybe a little bit more accurate with the arm, throws a nice ball. Um, so he, he's a good player, too. Um, there's a handful of other kids on there I don't want to – miss anybody you know but i'll throw a couple of names out um carson o'rourke does a nice job he's a good hard runner too you get him in space good defender uh, aiden galeno's got some speed got some wheels um yeah there's there's just a plethora of kids out there that do you know a phenomenal job um i can't uh miss uh mentioning our cornerback brennan mcguire uh, my boy does a good job um out there a little bit undersized but you know i'm trying to get that protein pumped into them and, and give them the bulk up but uh lots of good kids out there and i know i'm missing a ton of them all right well uh um let's mention the opponent of sk uh here at their home opener uh and that's me the minneapolis bulldogs who are coming off of a big win against the columbus wildcats and uh freshly into the state rankings uh pretty solidly uh and if you've seen the video of uh, uh, the game, uh, their performance was pretty stellar, uh, wouldn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd expect nothing less out of Minneapolis. You know, a lot like Sigourney Kyoto, and a lot like a lot of the other programs in southeast Iowa, where just great buy-in in the community, a good uh, history. You know, every year they're going to reload, and I think we're going to see much of the same this year with that uh, Minneapolis squad. Well, for, for certain uh, – um, well, I'm really, really looking forward to what's going to be an outstanding game. Now, I'm going to call that uh, JV game with you. Then I'm going to head home and and watch uh, uh, as much of as I can as I'm watching Oskaloosa and Hoover right now on the Thunder Country. Uh, uh, well, uh, what? Tell us a little bit about. Uh, well, you were up at the game last week. Uh, uh, they went up against. Uh, 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 I can't remember who it was, but they were a ranked team, uh, and. Uh, kind of had an early lead, but let things kind of slip away late. Uh, uh, tell us about the game. What was the good and the bad about that? Yeah, so Friday night was a season opener for Cobras. I went up to PCM, uh, Prairie City, Monroe, and uh, really came out of the gates hot and uh, ended up scoring uh, safety, uh, putting a safety on PCM. And then Isaac Bruns brought a, a punt back for a touchdown and uh, really gave the Cobras a lot of energy there. Um, but then in the second half, uh, PCM made some really nice adjustments and really was able to kind of put their will on the Cobras. Um, it was a hard-fought game. Like I said, 22-15 to 15 was the final on two ranked teams. I think PCM was maybe 8 or 9 in Class 2A. Sigourney Kyoto was, I think, number 4 in, in 1A and uh, just really battled it out. Um, yeah, Sigourney Kyoto, the turnover bug kind of hit him. Had three uh, fumbles, I think two lost, and uh, an, an interception or two. So, you know, anytime, you know, you're, you're minus uh, three or four on the turnover margin on two quality teams, you know, that, that can really be the difference in the game. 
Um, I thought there were some bugs that uh, needed worked out. There's no doubt in my mind, Coach Jensen and the rest of the coaches for SK have been working on that this week. And, and as we all know, growth happens probably the most visibly between week one and week two. And uh, we'll see what um, what happens this week. I'm excited to see what goes on tomorrow night against Minneapolis, a very different team than what we saw uh, against PCM. PCM had a lot of veteran linemen, a lot of big linemen. And I think that really wreaked uh, havoc on, on Syracuse's offense, especially plugging up the middle. Um, but, yeah, going to, to having Minneapolis Bulldogs come in, looks like this is a little different flavor, maybe a little bit uh, less size, but maybe even a little bit more speed. So I think it's going to be a different tale um, Friday night. Yeah, uh, they're bringing Drew the Killer Miller uh, and his big foot. Uh, he'll be if he's if he isn't uh, uh, making first downs, he'll be punting. And uh, uh, the field position uh, was uh, uh, something that Columbus struggled with uh, that whole game. You know, um, uh, how can uh, maybe some of the returns, like you said, maybe that would uh, 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 negate some of that. You think? But they need to figure out the field position thing because it's going to be a problem. Absolutely. Yeah, you and I are both uh, fans of the trench warfare. If, uh, you know, the, the Sigourney-Kyota line, either on the defensive or offensive uh, side of the ball, can, you know, um, insert their will, you know, against the uh, Bulldogs, that'll bode well for the for the Cobras. Um, you know, just, just moving the ball, I think, is going to be the key to this game uh, for, the, for the Cobras. They didn't do that overly effectively through most of the second half up at PCM, so I think that, that could be the difference in the game. Um, but I am excited to see uh, uh, what Drew Miller's foot can do. You know, if Drew Miller's putting, that means that the defense is doing their job. And then uh, I think the difference could be Sigourney Kyoto's offense, see how much they've grown from week one to week two. I'd walk to Sigourney and back to watch that kid punt once. Yeah, I heard he was the number one recruit in the nation. That's phenomenal. Yeah, he, for punting, uh, and he's uh, uh, going to Georgia. Uh, he's going, going from the Minneapolis Bulldogs to Georgia Bulldogs. So, yeah, uh, well, who's that? Uh, Rodrigo uh, Blankenship. You remember that guy for Georgia with the black Rex specs under the helmet? <laughs> yeah. Drew the Killer Miller is going to be the next Rodrigo, huh? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be something. He's some kind of quarterback. Uh, uh, well, uh, sounds like this game is going to be all kinds of exciting. Um, the, these two schools, um, uh, uh, they're they're like they go at each other, man. And it's just a little. There's, everybody just takes it up a notch when, when it's these two programs. I'm sure Minneapolis will come with a full house, won't they? Yeah, without a doubt, especially after the result on the field last year during the playoffs where Sigourney and Kyoto came out on top on the last second play to get the win. That was an absolute knockdown dragout brawl between those two programs last year. And Kyoto was, Sigourney and Kyoto was fortunate enough to come out on top and advance to the next week to play an absolute uh, you know, an absolute juggernaut of Van Meter. So, you know, I, I think that that was a good thing, but after being there at that game, that was, that was a tough one. So, but watching that Minneapolis Sigourney Kyoto game last year, I, I know that Minneapolis is going to be up to, to seek revenge from that one. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, you just don't get a better atmosphere. You don't get two teams going at each other. Like say the last time they, they played, it's just a legendary game. It'll be something that people will remember forever. You know, I know yeah. I will. Uh, uh, that had to be one of the, you know, it was just like that uh, uh, that game Columbus played uh, with uh, Audubon. Or, no, I can't remember that. Grundy Center? No, the, the the one they lost a game by one point or something. And, okay. Uh, uh, the name escaped. They were the Pirates. I can't remember. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Albernet Pirates. That was another game on it just kind of seared into my memory uh from last year. But uh man, that was exciting. That was so exciting that game. And I think this game's got the potential to be just just as big a deal and a lot of hitting and uh uh but it's gonna start at four forty five and you and me will be on the mic and I'll get that loaded up and uh pop it up on the uh, uh screen there uh as soon as it's over. And uh, I'll, I'll drive back home and watch all the other games. And, uh, uh, but man, we're having a good one. Uh, I'm all excited about the football season. Uh, 
The first JV game was fantastic uh, with the BGM and uh, Waco. And uh, um, me and you have put the band back together, and we'll uh, uh, laugh and joke our way until they uh, uh, throw us off the air, like uh, been our, our plan since we started. I'm looking forward to that for sure. And uh, <laughs> a bit of a bit of note here too. I do want to point this out to you. Tomorrow night at uh, Cobra Field is Military Appreciation Night, a uh, topic that I know is near and dear to your heart and to mine as well. So, uh, Dave, thank you for your service. I know that you served in the Army, and uh, my dad was a Marine, so thanks to him. And uh, anybody else out there that's listening to this that uh, is in the service, uh, thank you for your service. That's one of the best parts about living in southeast Iowa. Uh, uh, they treat the veterans right. They respect us. They, they do a lot of this kind of stuff, and it's appreciated, man. I mean, it is, it is appreciated. A lot of, um, you know, you thank a veteran, uh, and Sometimes they struggle with, with people saying that because they don't know how to respond. They don't know what to say. But uh, if you're listening to me and someone says that to you, I have a perfect response. And this is true. And I'll say this to you and everybody this is around Guy Radio. This is true. But I, I want to thank you for being someone worth defending. You know, I mean, that's what I was. Every time I was cold or, or hot or, or, or crawling under a barbed wire or something, I was thinking, about the people back in Southeast Iowa and why, how that was worth it to go through whatever, uh, except for that gas training. But uh, uh, but we did it all. Uh, we do it all for the country that we love, and uh, it was a beautiful country at one time, and it's still a beautiful country here in Southeast Iowa uh, every day and every night, and especially on Friday nights uh, moving forward. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about this game before I let you go? No, I would just uh, echo what you said right there. And I think that, uh, you know, some of that gets lost in all the noise. And I think there's a lot more of us out there that are appreciative for our servicemen and women and for our uh, our law enforcement than, than actually speak up. And I'm here to tell you I'm one of them, and I appreciate all that they, uh, they do to keep us all safe and keep us free. So amen to that, Dave. I'm excited for tomorrow night and Military Appreciation, appreciation Night at Cobra Field. The best part for me about being in, in the army uh, overseas was uh, I got to play football. Still, you know what I mean. Uh, I did. I wasn't ready to hang it up after high school. You know, I still wanted to keep playing. And uh, did, they, did they, they let you carry a gun, Dave? Yeah, I, I was carrying a an M60 uh, to a, 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 a. I was carrying an M60 the night I got there. Uh, the first, uh, like I, I got there that day, and then that night, like three o'clock in the morning, we had to someone was trying to attack this uh, site with these nuclear warheads where we stored them. We had to go over there. I had to carry a 60 caliber that day. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's any minute, any time, anytime that balloon goes up, you got to be ready to rock and roll. And I mean, right now. Uh, And, uh, you know, I was pretty proud of the the way our military was then and, and uh, how strong we were and how, what a good effect we had on the world, you know, uh, by being, when America leads it, it's, uh, the world's, uh, uh, does better. Well, uh, we'll see you Friday night, tomorrow night. Um, I'll probably be there at least by four. Uh, um, and, uh, we'll get, we'll get working on it, learning these names and we'll, you'll be surprised. There's some, you know, this, that JV game is pretty good. Yeah. Both programs are going to be right there. And, and, uh, I know we'll be there early too. We'll see if we can beat you there and we'll see if we can beat uh, uh, Brooke and Todd Vitito. I know they'll have their seat backs out there about two in the afternoon. So we'll beat them there too. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> you betcha. Flint Cliffs Manufacturing, self on a sound with the high school football on Round Guy Radio. Flint Cliffs Manufacturing is a full service metal fabrication shop located in beautiful Burlington, Iowa. Flint Cliffs is now hiring for welders, painters, Machine operators for both first and second shift. Call 319-752-2781.